You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're going to talk about the best nomadic, soul-sucking, feline-like vampire movie of 1992, the Mick Garris-directed Stephen King's Sleepwalkers. You no trouble. Me, fifth element. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day... You are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Ah, yes. I was wondering what would break first. Your spirit. All your money. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. God is dead. This city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Dead. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years in darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you give me back God, yeah, you give me my notes back. <laughs> First time read. Welcome to the podcast. We're your host. I'm Brian Okins. With me here tonight, Mr. Jimmy Benson. Hello. And Mr. Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? Uh, you know, I'm doing okay. I could be doing better, guys. If we had, like, I don't know, picked any other fucking Stephen King movie... I think it'd be doing a little bit. Well, that's no. not true. No. We could be talking about The Mingler. I like this movie a lot. Really? Yeah. Oh, this movie's in a class all ick. by itself. This movie is a class ick. You meant to say that. Did you say class sick? <laughs> <laughs> that's a new word. <laughs> it's a class ick. It's a class sick. Bro, you don't like this said. movie? <laughs> yeah. No, I, no I, don't really, I don't really care much for this movie, man. Really? Yeah. Is it's it, not it, my favorite. Uh, it's got... This gore? It. it does. It's got monsters. It doesn't it's got have camp. a lot of gore. It feels like it's cut. Cameos. It's got camp. It's got camp. It does have it's camping funny. cameos. It it's is funny. shot pretty damn well. It's one of the better shot shitty Stephen King movies. And it's movies. terrible. <laughs> like, it's not how terrible. do you get all of that? It's not terrible. It's terrible. It, it's so terrible that it's good. Look, I'll go there with you. I, I think that... I think I'm, I'm experiencing that thing where when you saw something as a child that you kind of like are going to like experience it because this is one of the only like movies I horror movies I got to see as a kid. It sticks with me as I was watching. I was like, holy shit, I've seen this before. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you didn't realize it when you no, first put it in? No oh, fucking okay. clue, man. Oh man, I bet you that was just a weird like. Uh, it was because I have. I know I have. Trip. No, I have these like. I have these like really. Um, vivid images of when he turns into the the cat thing that looks like a uh, a hoovian fucked uh, a fucking cat um a hoovian <laughs> you know from fucking uh, the whoville <laughs> 
the way his face <laughs> looks. Fucking the Grinch. The Grinch. Yeah. No. 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 Like Cindy Lou Who. Like the Who. The Who's. Yeah. I know. But like, like from the Grinch. From the Grinch. Yes. yes. Sorry. So if the Whovian. How the Grinch stole Fuck the fucking cat. <laughs> you get these things. Uh, okay, I can but, see like, that. But like I have these vivid images because when he becomes like in the graveyard, he becomes like uber douche. And you it know, turns into like Freddy Krueger. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Apparently, th- these kind cat of. things are like it's like a douchey thing. He's kind of like, ah, <laughs> I'm going to start throwing one-liners at you. Okay, well, I didn't I didn't understand the sun at all in this film. Like, what the fuck is the son doing? He's just fucking insane. He's out fucking, like, chasing the cops. No, and, like, that's fucking, not like, true, man. No, like, half uh, half the fucking movie is spent with him, like, pining all over this Tanya chick. Oh, and he says, Tanya. like, her name, like, a billion fucking times in the movie. Right? Tanya. Dude. He's, like, cutting her fucking it, it's gonna uh, set tea up. into his, like, arm at the opening. <laughs> because, and he's just like, because he, Tanya. He is obsessed over... He wants her vir- virginity. Getting her to... Somehow that he sucks the light thing out she of her. She has to be pure, and then he can when he but the, gives it to. I guess he gives it to his mom. No, no, he has sex. Okay, so he sucks. <laughs> he sucks the virginity out of this girl, and then he goes and he fucks his mom and feeds that's her. What you do if you're right, a cat and, and, and like his mom is the fucking Borg queen. And she's Alice so Krieg. she's so fucking hot. Oh man, she's like, the best thing in this fucking she's movie, like bro. So hot, and she she's so creepy in her her weird like mouth, like just kind of like it's oh, kind of her deliveries are like her mouth's a little spitty, you know, or like you know, it's like I can't even explain it. It's like she's having to eat the words. The one liner. I think it's because she's South uh, South African. Is that it? Yeah, so, oh. you know, I don't know. It's just making me look at her going down. I think bro. when they try to do the American accent, they I don't know. It just comes across a little bit like more stilted. I in your didn't want to fuck the Borg Queen like more <laughs> than I do now because, <laughs> man, you you know the Borg Queen is hot. And what is that? Star Trek First Contact? Yeah, Star Trek First Contact. Okay, I was wondering what the heck you're talking about. The Borg Queen. Yeah, she's the And then at the end, and then she is a Borg Queen. Borg. Borg. You know the Borg. Borg. You will be assimilated. Star Trek. Resistance is futile? Come on, man. Kind of like the Cybermen in Doctor Who, but Star Trek. It was the second uh, Next Generation Star Trek film. Oh, I didn't watch the Next Generation. And then her storyline. You never watched any of the movies? No. Oh, man. And then the Borg Queen storyline ends up going to Voyager, and that actually wraps out the whole last couple seasons of I Voyager. I think it's hilarious. The whole time we were having that conversation, he was describing the, the story arc. I was. Star Trek. <laughs> well, I was in know, the middle of it, too. You know, hey, you, you, you get Jared talking about some Star Trek, man. You better hold on. <laughs> Buckle up, baby. We're getting nerdy here. I no, think the biggest question coming out of this movie <clears throat> is, who's the artist that wrote the songs that the cop is singing in the car. I don't know. I what's, what's want the song? That CD. What's the song? Oh, oh, oh! I see. I thought he was making it up. You think that those are like covers? You think he's? Oh like, yeah, oh, everybody. Some... You know, when you're singing along in the car, you're singing something that just you know. Bad motherfucker. Yeah, because I'm gonna run your ass over. I thought there, he was doing more of that. He's there's like, a scene in between there where they like cut back to like uh, when they're at uh, Homeland, when the in the cemetery, and when they cut back to him, he's still singing that same song. He's yeah. like finishing it out. So. I thought that was it just seems like, like it's a real song. How weird is it that a cop's driving around with a cat? Oh, dude, I He's, loved that though. That was that, Clovis, Clovis, the attack cat. Is, it, it, is that what it says underneath it? I yeah, that's what it I, says I, on I, his I meant to pause it and see. Yeah, was, is that on the cover? Yeah, it's on the cover. That's great. Uh, Screen Factory put out a, a great uh, Blu-ray edition of this movie. Nice. Great transfer. Looks looks and spectacular. Before before the Joker ever put a pencil in somebody's eye, Stephen King in the ear, buddy. Oh Cop man, kebab. Cop kebab. <laughs> Oh, the one liners so, are great. Keep no. your hands to yourself. And he bites off fucking like, Here's yours. 
All right. G- going back to the kid real quick. I The, the son, man. Okay. Douchebag. He's this, a douchebag. But the movie doesn't start douche off. Douchebag monster. With him being a douchebag, okay? Like, no, it is he's a like a, weird He's a fucking beginning. psychopath fucking stalker dude. He's like. Right? He carves the T into his like, arm. Mom, I know we're about to fuck, but I, I gotta go date this teenage. I gotta get this teenage pussy. And you get. Okay, so you have these sleepwalkers, and they're gonna go eat her, but the son. He keeps saying throughout the movie, like, oh, no, she's a nice girl. Do we really have to kill her? And they keep setting this subplot up. Because like, he loves Tanya. Yeah. They keep setting it up that he is going to fall in love with her, and somehow they're going to get together and defeat the mom at the end. That is constantly how the movie is, like, set up to but go that way. he switches on her so quickly. Yeah. And then you get that cemetery scene. <laughs> what did you think was going to happen, Tanya? I was like, what? Where did that fucking come from? And guys, I had to write down in my fucking notes. From the mind of Stephen King. <laughs> Cocaine. Fucking tone, motherfuckers. Oh, you do have that really big on the page. Tone. tone. It's important. It, <laughs> like, if you think, if you if you just watch the movie pace-wise, like, tone, the first, like, act of the movie sets up, like, a traditional kind of teen horror movie. Okay, yeah. there's this weird situation. We have the target. With the crazy incest that, at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Baby super sex. uncomfortable Borg queen making out with fucking dude. But then it just goes off the rails. Yeah, it gets this movie gets batshit fucking crazy. But in a good way. It's entertaining. It's, no, it's extremely watchable. Yeah, I mean, the, the end is fun. It's extremely watchable. The end yeah. is fun. But it just kind of sucks that like the movie I was sold for the first forty minutes was something that looked—I don't know—it was going to be a little bit more serious and just. I wish it would have went darker instead of campy, like you know, one-liners. It's kind of like Josh Whedon, like but bad. You can't have this much <laughs> camp, dude, and have incest in your fucking movie, dude. Yes, you can. No, you can't. Yes, you can, no, right? You can't. I've seen it. I'm just saying. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> and she's just so. You like, can. <laughs> But, but, just they gave us some like, really cool fucking shots. I agree that that, that shots, should be though. a rule. <laughs> I'm going to tell you another reason why this movie's fucking cool. Cool effects for 1992. The, uh, hold on a minute. No. Dude, yeah, dude, I'm going to, sh- uh, dude. No. What year did Jurassic Park come out? 93. Yeah, the year after this. This is, What wow. year did Michael Jackson's black or white video come out? <gasps> the year before this. Oh, was it before that? It was before this movie. They do what a shot. What year did Poltergeist come out? <laughs> They well, I'm do just a saying, shot. They do the morph effect in the end. American of Werewolf in London. They do a shot where they pan across a car that disappears and it ends up handheld, like in in the pan. How the fuck did they do that? It's a motion controlled shot, dude. It's the same thing they did for fucking Star Wars. It's a motion controlled camera. And but it how goes, does it end up handheld at the end? It's not handheld. You're saying they they wiggled that in no, post? All, dude. All those all the shots of the cars disappearing. You can go back and look at them. They're all it's, on dollies. No, no. It, it's the one. It's the one where it pans at the very end and it shows down the thing. I'm telling you, there's wiggle in the shot. They would have added that in. That would have been on that motion control capture rig. That's the only way you can get that back then. There's no other way to do it. It impressed me. I was like, wow, that was really good. No, the stuff with the car is good. The, the creatures, like, in the mirror. Like, when you see, like, the like, them fucking and stuff and the gross bodies. And then, like, when the... That when was the, a when great the, shot. When the, yeah, yeah. And when, when, the, uh, when the girlfriend comes in and the mom's being, like, overly creepy. And you can see her, like, gross, like fucking whoville cat boobs like in the fucking in the, in the mirror i didn't think that one was that impressive because that was actually like a they they did a whip pan and there was a cut there yeah but the one where they're actually fucking yeah you know like you can see them there that's a dolly shot that goes from them to the mirror and you can actually see the humans and the cat with the makeup in the same shot, the same shot yeah. for a couple frames now that's impressive that is, that, good. that is cool for 92 
But the morph shit, dude, is fucking god awful. Oh, where it's like you know, I, but I that's fucking terrible. The Mick Garris morph. Yeah, the Let's motherfucker did this shit. That. Well, he did it on the stand. Like, uh, who, what's the character's Random name? Random flag. There you go. When he gets all demon face. Same director. Yeah, same director. This Mick guy Garris also has directed did more Stephen King movies, I think, than anybody. Yeah, but he also directed the best Halloween movie ever, and that's called Hocus Pocus. He didn't, well, he didn't direct that. He wrote it. Oh, I thought he directed that one. No. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, dude, that's way too well put together for Mick Garris, bro. Really? Yeah. And, you know, for the time, I enjoyed the stand. Okay, he, he, yeah, it just hasn't held up that well. Critters. No. Critters 2. Critters 2. The main course. Amazing stories. <laughs> no, no, it says Hocus Pocus. Yeah, he wrote it. He did not direct Hocus Pocus. Oh, it was directed by Kenny Ortega. Yeah. The guy who makes, you know... Corn chips and shit. You know, I mean, Mick Garris has his own podcast that, uh, if you're fans of his, uh, listen to Postmortem. Uh, I think it's uh, on the Fangoria Network. Yeah, and drop him an email and tell him to listen to this episode. <laughs> or not. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. No, yeah. I'm giving him high praise. I think this is a great movie. I, dude, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of Mick Garris as a director. I think, <clears> he's, I think he does a lot of things that are okay, but dude. like in terms of putting stuff together in a whole, I don't like any of his sensibilities. I don't like... Any any of the decisions that the man makes, like the, it feels like he doesn't have a serious bone in his body. <laughs> it is camp. It is camp. It's, a it's fan also fan making a movie, not a filmmaker. But they say that one of the hardest things in the world to do is to herd cats, and they herd the fuck out of some cats okay. in this movie. Cat question. Like seriously, they're cats, and like, wow, how they get these cats to do this? Okay. Yes, their animal trainers are nice, but what does that have to do with Mick Garris? <laughs> Mick Garris directed these cats. <laughs> hey, animal trainer, I need that cat to go over there. Uh, yeah, make it happen. We need um, 2,000 more cats. <laughs> it's like snakes in fucking Raiders of the Lost Ark. We need more cats. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cat question. Okay. I have lots of questions I'm going to ask. I'm ready. <laughs> the cats kill the sleepwalkers. They make them spontaneous combust, right? If they, if they, if they attack them. them enough. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, the cats don't like sleepwalkers, and sleepwalkers don't like cats. Right. Even why, though they're related they're, somehow. Yeah, well. Why are the cats just hanging out outside the, the house? They're waiting to attack. They're kind of drawn to them. That's what I kind of felt, right? I guess. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, like, where, why where, are they there? Where, wherever they go, the cats like kind of come because they have to take them out. Have you ever seen so many like brutal cat deaths? Like when the mom catches that cat and just offs oh, it. Oh, dude, no, those oh, are fucking, dude. those are badass. Dude, at the beginning of the movie, where all the cats are hanging and all like discombobulated. Well, that's dis- right. bowed. Those are real cats. Those are real cats. Those are yeah. They went and got cats from yeah. I listened to the audio commentary. McGarris is like, yeah, well, we got those cats right there. Those are uh, you know from the pound. And uh, I was like, what the hell? They have that one that's, like, hanging. With, Those like, are its... real dead cats? Who, yeah. Whose job was it to, like, butcher the cats? Like, all right, Brian, I need I you to they, come in here. They were already that way. They just hung them up. But... No, they weren't like that, bro. They, they're already, like, how, how did they get them where they were already, like, massacred? That's how they were, dude. Like, I some don't of believe them... that. I guarantee that they were probably euthanized, and they were like, what are we going to do with these bodies? We're like, we got them. Well, you can tell that one got squished by a car. Like, I don't know why that one was even up in the tree. Like, you could tell it got run over by something. <laughs> it's like, well... It's pretty hardcore, man. We hit it in the car, and then we hung it up on the tree. You know, that's what we do. Well, you want realism in your camp. <laughs> I guess you do. But he did say that any Toe. of the ones that the actors actually touched, that those were those were prosthetics. Or, you know... Because well, that's what he has to say. I can't believe say. they hung up yeah. real cats. Yeah. Couldn't do that in 2020. 
I don't know. <laughs> that takes nerve, man. That that's brave. You, you, I guess you could use you could use like dead animals, right? That, I don't know, that man. Doesn't... 2020 is the year we see clearly, so we can't be allowing all this pet harm. Well, if they're already dead. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're not that's actually That's what farming. I was saying. I don't think that they found those cats like that. I think somebody like... Because there was one, like you said, where it was, like, it was just like the legs and then like it was like the spine. What he's saying is <laughs> yeah, that... Yeah, all, right, like, all right, you know, like, when cats are killed, on the, like, hit by a car or something? Yeah, they, sc- they scrape them up. They, they yeah. pound comes by and picks them up. Right. And... Once they went by and picked up a bunch of dead cats, Mick Garris went, Hey, can I have cats, the guys. cats? So when you said the pound, it sounded like, like all right, look, we get, look nobody's adopted these cats. Go down there and adopt these cats. cats. No, like, no, no, no. It's like nobody's adopted these cats, so no, we're going to kill they them They were already all. dead. They were you know, already it was dead. like a kill shelter. We're just like, we got you a whole bag of cats back here for you. We were going to like, uh, you know, burn them up. But well, Whose job is them. it to kill all the cats? I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate those felines. Oh, man. All right, so Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill is at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. With Worst cop ever. What? No, the man. Joker, on, that bro. Was a, that was a good cameo. You didn't like that cameo? I love the cameo, but just cop work. <laughs> the corpse falls out. He immediately starts touching the dead body, the evidence, the crime scene, with his bare hands. <laughs> you know. Is that real? You got to see if it's plastic or not. Benson, he's already dead. She ain't coming back to life. It's okay, man. And you can Evidence tell by those. Like, you you know. can tell by those braces. That's a youngin. I, I didn't get that. Like that. Yeah, right. Just because she got braces, I've seen older people with braces. Well, I was watching this with my wife, and my wife did uh, point out, like, you know, when was this made? Ninety two. Like, did adults have braces in ninety two? I was like, oh fuck, I don't know. If you were an adult and had, had braces no in nineteen ninety two, drop us an email at themoviecrewpod <laughs> at gmail I'm sure there were some people that had you know cosmetic problems, but you know I don't. Was that an, a, a thing that orthodontists yeah, were doing? It seemed like more like you would get it fixed when you were younger. Yeah, and if you had messed up teeth by the time you were an adult, you just lived with it. Yeah, so that that could be like a when the movie was made kind of thing. I don't and know. plus, you had that rose. Yeah. <laughs> so what? Around this time, I probably had braces. My my parents were kind of like, kind of, let's get at least like halfway there, kind of people. Like they they, they kind of addressed my crooked bottom teeth, but they didn't really address my underbite. So it's a little fucked up. So it's like, oh, we got it looking okay. Yeah, you know, it's close enough. Yeah, yeah. So you if you ever see me, that's you, what my you parents can't did. blame everything on your parents, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what am I supposed to do? With my underbite? Am I supposed to have a fucking like? Well, like my my top, my top teeth are like super straight, but the, the bottom ones are kind of gay. Yeah. No. <laughs> They're super crooked, man. <laughs> uh, I still got some baby teeth too, which is kind of weird. Anybody else? Was have that a not straight joke? <laughs> man, don't make fun of my gay teeth. <laughs> Damn bigot! Leave I'm my... just trying to get something in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you hungry? Oh man! Speaking oh, of teeth, right into that shit. Damn. <laughs> I chipped the crap out of my upper oh, teeth. Oh man, I did. I did too. How bad is it? This is my lower mouth though. But uh, so I will say about I was drinking a Gatorade bottle, but it was glass. And then my brother threw a tennis ball off the top of the house and hit the bottle, and like chipped my tooth. Man, that hurts. Glass Gatorade bottle? That's how long ago it was, dude. That is a while <laughs> ago. Man, I was like thinking like I can't even tell you the last time I've seen. That's right, kids. Gatorade used to come in glass bottles, and it only came in orange and yellow. So guys, back to Sleepwalkers. How does these nomadic cat people, okay, who have to go into a town, uh-huh. buy a house, go through the process of getting a kid enrolled in school, two people, mother, son, why do they have such a giant house? 
right? They moved, just moved into town. I, that, what, what I'm getting that's at... The, that's the movies, bro. Every house what, is what huge. I'm, what I'm getting at is, like, how much money do these people have that they can just, like, move around, go through the system, get the kid enrolled in school, all of this, you know. Oh, you're from Indiana, Ohio, are you? Or whatever the fuck he was from. I forget, man. Uh, what yeah. was it? Yeah, it was someplace in Ohio. In Ohio Some, something whatever. Falls. He, he, he's, Paradise he's, Falls. Paradise Falls, Paradise Falls, Ohio. He's like, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, Otho, by the way, is in this movie. Yeah, very fucking creepy. And it's super great. You don't like him in this? No, I do. I was just thinking, like... I just never get to see him that often. I was like, wow. He's got that one really funny line where he's, like, running away after he gets his hand ripped off. He's like, (laughs) I'm sorry! Oh, dude. (laughs) No, he's great, man. And he has a good death scene. No, it's great. No, his death scene is not great. What are you talking about? It's a POV where he runs into a tree and then it cuts. And it's this weird overhead, like, (laughs) swirling down camera shot. And... Like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, is he supposed to be, like, gnawing on his, his fucking neck? And why is he eating the motherfucker? Because he's a vampire. No, no. These are vampire in the cat be- In the beginning, Jared. Hoodians. In the beginning, what did the fucking opening say? They feed on virginal life force. Why the fuck are they eating this teacher? Like Because he doesn't like the teacher because the teacher's a fucking dick and got it all up in his face. And, like, bro. I know. But just kill him. Why is he, like... Eating his because he's a fucking psychopath. We already no, described that he's no, a cutting no. fucking Tanya's fucking tea in his arm. Because he's a monster cat thing. No, yeah. look, guys, it, it made me question everything. Because the first time you ever even see them, she's talking about making dinner and like what they're having for dinner, and it's like, what the fuck do these things eat? Well, even at the end when she thinks that before There's when he comes home all fucked up, she's, she's cutting up potato all here. Weird. Yeah, look, what the fuck is happening, Brian? Brian, stop. They used to be she real stabbed people. someone with a corn cob. Oh, that's right. This has one of the most gnarly fucking deaths. No, no that's ever camp. On cinema. I'm talking about fucking. This is from Stephen King. You corn cob in the like, back. You can fucking set up your mythology to make basic fucking sense. No, I don't. I don't think like, he's even trying. Like a vampire, like they drink fucking blood. They don't eat or inter- have anything else to consume. He didn't. He, what not you necessarily, do. he wasn't drinking. Maybe he drank a few drops. He was ripping the dude's throat out. Yeah. Right, right. It looked like he was eating it because he was standing there, and there was also no blood coming out. Just because you out. bite doesn't mean you have to swallow. Just saying. I'm just saying. It was confusing. You ever been to a wine tasting? It didn't Same make thing. any sense. I, I didn't like it. I hated it. <laughs> the, and it was sloppy. It was just fucking lazy. Everything in that cemetery was fucking lazy as shit. That confrontation scene when he's, like, trying to rape Tanya, that is the most bunch of bullshit, like, fucking camera setups and fucking blocking <laughs> I have ever seen. It looks like a student fucking film. It makes no fucking sense. There's a scene where he, like, grabs her and he rolls around on the ground, and they just all of a sudden, like, hey, camera guy, lay down on the ground and, and roll, roll with us. Yeah. What the fuck? And it doesn't cut in. It doesn't cut into the other shots around it. And it's just like, what are we doing? What the fuck? We're fucking around, Brian. And like the way the scene, the way the scene ends, it ends with like she runs off in the distance, and it's from a a, his POV. It's the camera like getting up and watching her run away. That's not how you fucking end a suspenseful scene. What the fuck? It's bullshit, bro. (laughs) It pissed me the fuck off. It's some amateur ass shit. How should they end that scene? How do you end a suspenseful scene? You fucking follow your fucking heroine with the camera. That's what you do. You fucking follow her to the fucking car. You don't sit there and get the POV of the fucking killer as the victim is running away. That breaks Damn, all the goes. tension. Yeah, exactly. Dude, why are you standing there? Run after her. Like, who the fuck blocked this shit? <laughs> Mick Garris. Ugh. It, it's Yet again, maddening. if you know Mick Garris or listen to his podcast, have him listen to this episode. <sighs> I, 
it, it's not all terrible. It's not it's not all terrible. And the cinematographer I saw was mostly did television. And this, I think he did it. You can tell. Job. Well, I think I think I the know, lighting's man. pretty good. I think the man. lighting is very good. Yeah, especially it's not, it's the not stuff excellent, at night. but it, no, it, it, it looks good. And uh, at night, they they did not really go in with super hard blues and all I that. See, I, I thought it looked good. very TV, really? movie, TV movie. Looks better than the fucking It TV show, uh, you know, TV series. Like, if you think of, like, the Stan movie, um, the Shining TV movie. I can see too. it in, in in the interiors, but... If you think, like, bigger budget, same color palette. Yeah. I mean, he does, he does have some nice shots. Like, when they're introducing Tanya, like, her, when she's dancing Maybe in the I'm theater. Maybe I'm just seeing it's, it's Mick Garris' shots just done better. <laughs> It's it's so insane. Mick Garris directed it's so three episodes of the Shining miniseries. No, he directed the whole. Oh, he did this. He he did yeah. all three episodes. Yeah. Okay. Well, he he, he did the whole thing. Director. He did that. That's he did. He did the. Well, let's see. Mick Garris did uh, for his King collaborations. He did. Uh, well, the only other one that was a theatrical release was Riding the Bullet. Everything else was TV. The Stand, Quicksilver Highway, The Shining, Desperation, and Bag of Bones. He did one episode of Freddy's Nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people did back in the I'm day. just trying to give you guys a little something to this dude's this dude's making it happen, man. He did the stand. The best of luck to Mick Garris. He's had plenty of success. He put together that uh, Master of Horror series. Um He's got two upcoming projects. Yeah. He's still out there making it happen. Yeah, no, he's 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 doing good work. And he's gotten a lot better. Like if you watch Desperation, I think he's better with blocking with a group of actors. The minute you get more than two actors into a scene, and if you're in the hotel, or not the hotel, the uh, the graveyard, man, he just, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> just trying to make their day. That's what was happening there. You, no, you, that's bullshit, bro. The budget was fucking $15 I was about to million. Ask, what was the budget on this? $15 million. Wow. I don't know if that's this looks a lot like for... $15 million. Is that just because of the special effects? Or like that, that graveyard should have had to be set. Like There had to be sets built. I mean, I guess, but like, why would you spend money building a fucking... Some tomb, like just go shoot it in a graveyard. <laughs> Why would you spend money on that? Like graveyards are everywhere. You can't fucking find a graveyard to shoot in. I mean, the thing's supposed to take place in like Indiana, and there's mountains all in the background. Like, <laughs> are there not mountains in Indiana? I'm sorry, I don't know my geography. No, Indiana's like flat as shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't give a fuck, did they? No, they didn't. They were just like, you know, hey, whatever. Look, the people who are gonna love this movie don't give a fuck if there's mountains there. Like, why well, didn't know there was mountains in Indiana? Yeah, whatever. They also made a Castle Rock joke that, uh, or like the cop near the end of the movie, he was like, "Oh yeah, get get the get the state police down in um Castle Rock." And I was like, "Wait a minute, in Castle Rock in fucking Maine? Maine? Yeah, this takes place in Indiana. Like, how long well, of a drive, dude? Like, just like how there's an Elm Street in every city, <laughs> there's a Castle Rock in every state. Castle Rock, Indiana. Castle Rock, Virginia. I think that would probably be further away. <laughs> <laughs> Castle Rock, Rhode Island. Now what?" I mean, it, it, it did make money at the theater. It made $30 million domestically, so... Money was, at that time, with anything that said Stephen King at the beginning. That's true, 1992. And it did open up number one, opening like, weekend to I know y'all are younger than I am. Do y'all remember that late 80s, just Stephen King everything craze? Kind of like how we're having now? Oh, no, it was way worse. Really? No, I, was, I was kind of in the slashers at the, in the late like, 80s. You even had, like, commercials on TV with Stephen King and, like, a 
was it like Vin- Vincent Price jacket? He's like, oh really? Like a master of ceremonies? Join the Stephen King Library and you get a book a month. And... Oh, I do remember that. Oh, shit. there were like subscription clubs. Oh yeah, it was Stephen King was huge. That's whenever they put out yeah. that like giant edition of the stand. I remember they had like yeah. you can get your special limited edition collectors copy of the stand, and then for just nineteen ninety nine, you can get one more Stephen King novel a month. Wow. Yeah, do so it. This motherfucker releases books like crazy. <laughs> you'll have movies, you'll have books for the rest of your life. Uh-huh. And on Facebook this week it said Stephen King says he has no plans of retiring anytime soon. I think he just put a new book out. He did. The, and Institute, I, I, yeah. the Institute. I saw uh, Patton Oswalt on Twitter uh, like freaking out because he was reading it and then he saw his name in it. And he was like, holy fucking shit, he referenced me. So that, that was pretty badass. Who is that? You don't know who Patton Oswalt is? Uh, stand-up comic. Stand-up comic. He was also... Uh, he's R- Remy or, in, or yeah, in Ratatouille. Ratatouille. He's a, the rat. Yeah, and he's at Mystery Science Theater 3000. He's in that as well. Yeah. And all kinds he's, of he's, Yeah, shit. he's done a whole bunch of shit. It's a, you gotta get on your Patton Oswalt, bro. He does those really funny, like, uh, Star Wars uh, spiels on Parks and Rec. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, he's good. <laughs> those are pretty funny. When you see him, you'll probably say, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. We do have to mention that uh, there's a bunch of fucking cameos. We mentioned that there were cameos, but we didn't mention who they are. There's Stephen King. Yep. Toby Hooper and Clive Barker in one whole fucking shot. Where was Clive Barker? Uh, well, Steve, the first guy St- uh, Stephen King comes up and talks to, that's like, Toby Hooper. Okay. And Toby Hooper tells him to go, go the fuck on. talk to the sheriff. And then the next guy he comes up to is Clive Barker, who is a much, I don't know if he's a... I like his books about the same, but he's a much better fucking director than Stephen King is. Because Clyde Barker has actually directed, what, three movies now, I think? He did uh, the original Hellraiser and uh, Lords of Illusion, Nightbreed. Great. He's actually a really good guy. Midnight Meat Train. Ooh, I think that's that just his uh, his story. I think that guy did uh, Bride of Chucky directed that. <laughs> that's got a young uh, Bradley Cooper in it, too. Hmm. Uh, and then what's the other uh, What's the other cameo? Who's Who's the other? There's two more. Ron Perlman. No, that's not a cameo. That's a yeah, straight-up role, bro. Well, we've talked about this before. It's kind of like, is it a cameo before a certain point, or is it, you know... Oh, is it a retro cameo? That yeah, girl retcon needs a pet good cameo. slap on the butt, <laughs> and if her mama won't do it, I'll volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ron Perlman. I guess he was real big from uh, Beauty and the Beast at this time. I love that when she's killing him, she breaks his arm so she can snaps elbow him in the face with his own elbow yes that is cool i wish they didn't cut it feels like they cut a lot of gore out though like when she bites his his fingers off yeah it just seems like oh you you guys cut you know it was gonna oh she was gonna pull it out they were gonna rip off and i felt i see to me it felt like they shot around a lot of gore what to sell the effect more well no like instead of shooting the like pulling the tendons out when she's biting bite down you see the blood and then just cut see i i can't 100 percent remember but but i mean i may be wrong i started getting to fangoria around this time and i i remember like sleepwalkers that was a a really big issue because they had like all this great gore you know because fangoria would always show you all the makeup stuff you just flip through it and you could see all this great stuff and i remember watching this movie as a kid just being horribly disappointed and there's a really cool scene with like this weird cat, like zombie thing, dancing with another girl who's fucking having a panic attack. Yeah, he's such a good dancer. Okay, was he dead there? 
No, he was still breathing. You can see him on the couch. Cause it, it, I didn't understand what was going on at that point. <laughs> it, it, it's it's so it, yeah, it's confusing because the girl says at the end because Char- Charles is, is like he's coming back to the house. He's lay, he's laying there, and the mom was like, "Hey, why don't why don't you dance with my son? Come on!" And she's like, "He's dead." And yeah. He's like, no, no, no. He's just sleeping. But they cuts to this shot where it's kind of like if you're looking at the back of his head, like long, like him laying on the couch. You can see his chest. He is breathing in that shot in the wide. Well, I mean, the actor's got to breathe, right? <laughs> no, he's he's like you know, laboriously breathing because he's trying to breathe. No, no, that was so weird. And then, because the uh, there's a close up of the mom, and she's like, uh, I don't know, she's doing some telekinesis with the record player upstairs. To yeah, play, she's trying to play Sleepwalk. Yeah, his uh, his song his that he likes, song. I guess. Yeah, well, yeah, because they were dancing to that, and that's the song they were dancing to in the beginning yeah, when they it? start like making out and go fuck. <laughs> Ooh, so weird. Yeah, but she, she does that, and then. She also, like, I don't know, maybe they were trying to imply that, like, she kind of helped him up, like, helped him sit up, because no, he jumps she up. like she, like, fucking, like, witch, like, you know, magics him up, just how they can, like, you know, make things look different, like, themselves and other... So you do think she controls him to yes. get him up Yes, oh, 100%, yeah, she, like, fucking, like, magics him up, like, he, like, you know, force fucking pulls him up. and makes him, like, he's, like, floating there, like, in Beetlejuice, like, dancing. And it's so weird, though, yeah. because... Yeah, because he, he like opens his eyes, like she can, like yeah, and he he starts to like suck the life force out of her. He, you know, she's like, she's like, now do it now, and like, yeah, he starts to suck the, you know, suck the virgin out of her. And then all she does is squish out his other eye, which she already, she already poked his other eye out earlier in the graveyard scene, and that didn't seem like that affected him at all. But now, well, he's weak now. So, so he gets one eye out, and now he's dead. But he did take a few sips off of her though, so he's probably a little stronger. <laughs> it's like I got some of that version of uh, life force going right through my veins right now. I can take another. Uh, About hit. time to fuck my mama. <laughs> Wonder what would happen if he was, you know, sucking the light. It's blue light, so you know it's a virgin light. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's kind of purple, kind of whitish blue. Well, it's, it's purple when they're fucking, but it's bluey when when he's sucking it out of her. Yeah, it was like it looked purple on my. My copy. <laughs> on mine, it looked like it looked, it looked like Luke's lightsaber, white with kind of yeah. blue. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh man, my, my copy looked purple, and like there was like little particles little that particles were particles in it. Yeah, yeah. Seen, yeah. Well, yeah. That's beside the point. Okay. Well, what if he like started sucking the energy, and it was like orange, and he was like, "She's not a virgin." <laughs> what would happen? You'd think he'd be able to smell it on her. He's like... And she's like, I am too. And he's like, no, you're not. (laughs) Because they keep saying throughout the whole movie, is she nice? Oh, is she nice? She's like, nice. She's like, head doesn't make you a virgin? (laughs) It's like, guys... uh, She's like, well, she's like, only had anal. Why are we using the word nice instead of virgin? I like how all the girls are all like fucking horny fucking horn dogs. Like, oh, I'd go all the way. I'd give it all away or whatever. She's like talking to her friends where they're just like this like ridiculous just like. Or what's the line I where did he's like, like those shots though. Your mom expects the there to yeah. be some rubbing and she's like, yeah, me too. Or something <laughs> like, like that. Like, oh, all that innu- in, innuendo in front of the mom. Yeah, dude. What the fuck? Oh, that was at the grave. That was at the graveyard at that no, time. I'm talking about like, uh, wait, you talking about that time? Yeah, when she when she's uh, talking about they're talking the rubbing. about rubbings and stuff in front of the mom, though, which was like lean. Yeah, like I'm about to rub it all up on your daughter. No, no, they don't do the innuendos there because she's the one 
that comes onto him in the graveyard. Dude, she set ended up get like you know she goes into the room and closes the door behind him and shit, and all her bra- bras and panties and shit are all sitting out, and she's like, "That's right." Yeah, dude, I, I I did not catch it the first time I saw it, but the second time when she's making the little uh, picnic basket, yeah, for when they go out to the throws woods, in condoms. No, she throws in a. Uh, that's why she's got the corkscrew because there's a bottle of wine in there. I totally missed it. I'm like, oh, she's trying to lubricate him up and get it going. You're trying to get that boy drunk. Yeah, take advantage of trying to fuck mm-hmm. him in the graveyard. Mm. So you know she's a virgin, nice. but she's ready. She's ready to like you know get it on. Yeah. All right, guys. I think we're at break point here, so we're gonna play the trailer for Stephen King's Sleepwalkers. We'll be back. Charles Brady is new in town. You could actually talk to him. Yeah, he's nice. Real nice. The girls all like him. The teachers all respect him. Your teachers in Ohio must have been sorry to lose such a creative young man. The parents all trust him. He's utterly charming. But nobody really knows him. Like his mother. You cannot be in love with this girl, Charles. You don't know me, Tanya. But I want to. Behind their smile is a secret. Hi. Come in, Tanya. I have something for you. I don't know who you are, but I know you're not who you say you are. Behind the secret is a hunger. Does it have to be her? (laughs) And behind it all is the imagination of Stephen King. (laughs) Somebody help me, please! He killed one of my men. He was scared of a cat. Right, we're back. That was a trailer for Stephen King's Sleepwalkers. Man, that trailer points out the most ridiculous fucking thing in this movie is when she goes out after she bites fucking Ron Perlman's fingers off and the cop cars are coming. She pulls a gun out and she shoots the fucking cars and they explode. Oh, that's amazing. One after the other. Two people. She's such an amazing shot that she can explode. That's fucking insane. This movie does have a great body burn, but when that car blows up, that right there is not one of them. Because the mask they have on the uh, the sheriff that's standing right beside that cop car is not put on right at all, and it's just, you know, it's a shame too. Because oh man, stunt stunt people they go through such trouble, life threatening stuff to get this on camera. At least make sure the masks are on. Yeah, I know it's a lot of work to to fuck it up. You know what? The one at the end though, when she's like uh, the mom's all full cat, that's a great body burn. Yeah. Well, well, and until she cuts, it cuts back, and she's like yeah. turns back into, you know, herself, and she's on fire. Yeah, what did she say? Like, you killed my only son. You killed my only son. Oh, worry about yourself, bitch. Why did they superimpose the fire on? Yeah, that was weird. I don't know. And also, what's up with that car? Like, she couldn't figure out how to get the car to work, and then as soon as she did, she just slams it into a into a fence or a tree or something. Very, uh, yeah, very horror movie trope. Yeah, the car just won't start. losing her shit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think Steve, Stephen King knew what he was doing here. He was like, "Look, we're going, we're going crazy, over the top, full camp here at the end." I think he was. I don't know, I don't know what if what McGarris was 100 percent doing here. 
Um, I wonder how they got those cats to attack her at like the end. That. Well, Jared, <laughs> most of the close-up <laughs> shots were puppets. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell that. Sometimes. I think you can, by the way uh, you asked that question, though. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so many cats, man. Like, I can't get my cats to do shit. No, there are some cool moments, like yeah. when Clovis goes and lays down on the uh, the black deputy. Uh, yeah, deputy. he's like, oh man, my dude's dead. Dude, that, yeah, that's kind of a, that's yeah. a heartfelt moment. I was like, oh damn, Clovis. Man. Oh, but then Clovis the is dead. But then Clovis, when they are going to attack, it runs upstairs and busts a fucking window out and is like, we're busting in, bitches. Dude, Clovis is Clovis the is only the hero <laughs> in this film. <laughs> He's the only one that does anything. Yeah. Like, uh, Tanya, she doesn't do shit. Like, she barely gets away. Going for Clovis coming in, like, you know, stopping mom, stopping... With all the other cats that had just been hanging out. He's like, what are you guys sitting around for? It's time to kick some ass. He rallied Meow! the troops. <laughs> <laughs> they were all they were all waiting on Clovis. <laughs> oh, man, I forgot about the that. Yeah, but he, they, they go, that slow-mo shot. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, I guess the backline of yeah. the studio. Oh, you man. Didn't, you didn't know it, but he was the he was the meant-to-be ruler to rise in the world of the cats. <laughs> oh, man, Clovis is awesome. Just like in Hocus Pocus, it's really a hero it's actually story. a person who's been turned into a cat. It's really a hero story. Clovis is the Luke that rises to the point of hero, gathers the troops to destroy the dark force sleepwalkers. You know, you're joking, but I would say the protagonists of this film are the sleepwalkers, and Clovis is the antagonist. <laughs> And Tanya is just I love this right. whole movie from is, that perspective. Yeah, well, I mean, Tanya, her character is really just the damsel in distress. Yeah, that's all she is. Clovis is the hero. We don't even get any scenes <laughs> with Tanya in like her family. We don't. We never see Tanya in her family without Charles being present. The son, right? And every time we leave the house, where do we go? We go. We follow the son. It's all the son and the mom. Yeah, it's time to fuck. <laughs> It's creepy. Yeah, I don't know. I I would say that it's their story. It's It's, like a tragedy. That was lost on me as a kid because I didn't remember that. Like I said, I know I'd seen this movie, but that didn't stick out of my mind for some reason. It was the the incest. Yeah. But but the whole time I'm sitting there looking at her, I'm like, I know her. She's oddly hot, but this is very uncomfortable and strange. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh my God, that's the Borg Queen. This is super hot. It's weird that they chose the incest route because like... is that how these creatures normally op- operate? Because they, the well, son, they're the only ones. Well, the son says they're the only ones, but then the mom later She's says like, in the I can movie, feel them, right? So if there's more, like, are you choosing incest, or is that how this species just? See, I was thinking that uh, that Otho, uh, the teacher, because the kid gets in there and he reads a story in front of the class, and it's like his life. And I was thinking that Otho was like, oh shit, he's a sleepwalker, and he just like you know. Totally oh, he thought he, he, you know, he, he, knew he, he knew it was up, and he All was going right. to like attack him. That's what it should have happened. Instead, he was like, "Wait, uh, what did he say?" It would have added what so was much the thing more. He got so pissed at the kid for. Oh, it's because he, he said he said he said a box has four sides. He said, oh, actually, a box has six sides. And he's like, "Oh, fuck you, you son of a bitch! <laughs> you son of a bitch! I'm going <laughs> to stand out here beside this window with these Venetian blinds, and I'm going to glare at you as you talk <laughs> Very to some other forcefully put his hand up there and pull the blinds down." <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah it was nice to see him you know he he still look, he he looked a little better than he did in, in in Beetlejuice he's lost a little weight he uh he did have some kind of weird uh 
a rape thing. Really? Because <laughs> he, he chases the kid down, right? He chases the son down in the Trans Am. He gets him to pull him. Uh, he pulls him over on the side of the road. He's like, "Look here, you son of a bitch." <laughs> yeah, he he's like, well, "Look, I know you are not where you're from. I know this is all bullshit." And the kid's like, "Well, look, I don't have a lot of money. All I got is this car." And then Otho just kind of takes his hand and goes for the kid's crotch and goes, "Well, money's not the only means for uh, transaction or whatever." And he, and then he destroys his hand, but. It looked to me like he was well, I forgot. gonna go grab I, I, his junk. I missed that for some reason. I, I, I fucking blocked that out. I don't remember that. Or maybe it was just because it's Otho, and I'm like, yeah, the guy's kind of creepy. Dale, <laughs> Dale. I do like his hand. Um, the hand gag's good. Yeah, getting destroyed. Let me give you a hand. <laughs> All right, that one liner was pretty good. <laughs> the ones at the grave are just fucking terrible. It's just so forced. Like I said, he just turns into like uber douche. It's like it's like a douche monster. Yeah, and he keeps having the same cadence, like every single line. He's like, "Yeah, Tanya. Oh, I don't think you're getting in the spirit of things, Tanya. It's just accept the your lunch." You said it right earlier. Yeah. He, he turned into a total like ripoff of Freddy Krueger. But yeah, but you know, like Freddy, like all his lines like make sense. They're yeah, just, they're just quippy. <laughs> well, he reads them different. Like, "Welcome to primetime, bitch" is read different Welcome than time, "What a rush," bitch. you know, like. Yeah, he puts personality into it. He's playing with that. This guy's just not. But to be fair, Robert, Robert England. England has had a lot more time to work on his character than this fella. Yeah, you're, <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. That's yeah, fair. Character, character that's fair. No, that's, but, that, that's a very valid point. But I will say that the, the delivery, the surprise, like, okay, I'm Uber Dish uh, one line guy, and everything I say is a joke. And uh, for some reason, pain doesn't exist in their world. Yeah, I guess only cats can hurt them. And he gets shot. They're like weird witch cat vampire illusionist things. Yeah, because they can make their car. I'd like to read the book of this if if it existed. Well, there's not one. I know. There was a short story that was unpublished. I imagine if he wrote a book, he would like flush it all out, and it would okay. It would totally make sense. Yeah, he'd be like, "Wait, this doesn't make any fucking sense." Now it's just all the stuff that. It's not flushed out, and it's like, it doesn't make any sense. I guess we should mention this is the the first original screenplay from Stephen King, where he's not adapting something that he wrote, right? Is that correct? Yeah, it was written for the screen. Yeah, written oh. directly for the screen. Yeah. I had to think about that for a second. I'm like, uh, yeah, I think that's yeah. right. I guess, was that all Was before he started writing all the like Storm of the Century and all that for TV? Yeah, Storm of the Century was later. Okay. Because I remember that was after Wings, because it uh, had uh, had the other guy from Wings. Because I was like, what's up with everybody from Wings being in Stephen <laughs> King movies? He's got the Shining TV series over here with Stephen Weber, and Tim Daly was in Storm of the Century. Probably the same production companies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Same studio, probably same NBC studio, or Same studio, same casting director. Yeah. Yeah. Wings. Where cats. Mm. It's like uh, Cheers and uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. I do remember, now that you say where cats, I remember... When I first saw it as a kid, I was pissed they weren't werewolves. Yeah, I could totally like, see them as werewolves. I would have. I wanted it just to be like they're werewolves and they moved to town and they're killing people. It would have looked cooler because their cat form is kind of weak. Yeah, it just looks like a it looks like a hairless cat. Yeah, I think I would have liked it better if like they a gnarly had... hairless cat. And I just never understood That's like really slimy. Are they like demonic cats, and why do regular cats hate? I don't understand. Oh, that shit's not explained at all. And, man. and why is there like a middle look? 
What do you mean a middle That's role? That's like in between human and full cat mode. Oh, wait. Are another? you talking about the opening credit sequence? No, I'm talking about like he, they kind of go to it. But then there's another layer where it's like full on. Oh, there's even more than that. When he sees Clovis in the car and he does the oh, he has like, a little, little switch. He goes full out like baby child. <laughs> Why? Oh, yeah. That's right. That's true. He goes, it, it, he even has a, like a different cat form mm-hmm. with like uh, longer ears. <laughs> it, it looks really bizarre. It's in that morph uh, section. Yeah. I guarantee you, if we, I told Brian when I first got here, we should just be watching this movie and just talking over it. And just because we would spend more time going, okay, what is going on? <laughs> All right, pause it. <laughs> Why did this happen? All that being said, still enjoyable. The the first half, I I really like the the chemistry between Charles and the Tanya character. You know, like the little young love. I thought they did that pretty good. Yeah. It's just so weird when he all of a sudden turns... It's like a uh, switch flips. Yeah, into crazy cat person yeah. killer. I think what also, for it's me... It's so weird. It just kind of breaks the movie for me. <laughs> Fucking hate it. Well, you're following this plot, right? And like you said earlier, you feel like the setup is this mom needs this kid, needs her son to kill the nice girl... But he actually likes this nice girl. So the setup here is that he's going to turn against mom. He's going to become the antagonist. Yeah. And save the damsel in distress. But at the moment in the cemetery when they're doing the rubbing. Hell yeah. And he flips on her. It's like the story is just dropped. And now there's no antagonist. You just have this damsel in distress. And the story you thought you were being told is gone. Well, then so Mama goes have, into you have kind of let go. You, you're story wise, you're you're let down at that moment. Yeah, psychologically. And see, I would say like, yeah, that's where the camp starts, right? In the movie, oh, instantly. It, yeah, it's not really campy in, in, until that moment. Well, no, it's just weird and creepy. Yeah, I mean, like it yeah. verges on it with like you know, the keep teacher. your hands to yourself. Yeah, you take that back. Oh, yeah, okay. A before. Well, I don't know. That, that's kind of like normal over the top nineties right. horror, though. You know, that's not. This is around the time of Leprechaun. <laughs> Let's Ooh. keep things in perspective. <laughs> but finger licking good. Yeah. Oh man. Bites that dude's finger off. <laughs> It'd be like if you know you're watching Romeo and Juliet, and they're the family's fighting to keep them apart, and they get together, and they're in this nice embrace in this hidden <laughs> park somewhere, and then Romeo kills her, and he's like, "Yeah, my parents were right." <laughs> he's like, "I love you, but you're like, wait a minute." <laughs> Everything I was attached to is now gone in this story. Well, the hunger, the need to feed, is stronger than, than the love. I mean, I don't know. Well, see, that's the problem. Like, it, it seemed to me like the mom was the only one that really needed the virginal... So like, what does like, he passed on? Like, what does he feed on? Yeah. No, he, he gets the food, too. I mean, he just passes it on. So, he, you know, he's the... Well, why didn't she go get her own food? Yeah, shouldn't the mother, like, be providing nourishment for the sun that's how that's how this normally works so why is it reversed you know what i mean well you see in the sleepwalker you know like even in the opening credits when they do all that like egyptian shit there's this, this really weird picture cat given like breastfeeding yeah right and it's like well why is that like this movie just does fucking stupid shit like that where it's like <laughs> why is that picture in there and now i'm thinking about a mom breastfeeding her little fucking cub and then and this movie does the exact opposite of that this makes no fucking sense. Like, what are you showing me? It just kind of pisses the, me off. 
I, I mean, I understand the internal logic of the story. Just it's just not it, there. It's not there, and it's frustrating because it's from it's from a guy that understands the stuff. Like I, this makes Maximum Overdrive look like a goddamn it, it, masterpiece it, it, and really well almost, thought out. It almost makes me feel that. like <sighs> it almost makes me feel like Stephen King in like the eighties and early nineties had a, like a very low opinion of screenwriting. <laughs> And he was just like, like, get it out there. He was like, no, you don't even have to put real stories. You just put flashy stuff. It doesn't care. And then, like, at one point, he was like, okay, I was wrong. Like, this is. You just paint with really broad strokes. <laughs> Hell, nobody's going to go back and, like, analyze this. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Brother, just wait till the internet. Oh, no, you got fucked up. The what? <laughs> I did see an interview with it's him rough. once where he. He said, that it, I'm paraphrasing, but he did say that um, he thought he knew how to write a screenplay and that later he learned he didn't. Wow. Like, he was he was very humble in talking about... What was the experience? Uh, what was, the like, the turning point? Was there, like, a project? Uh, he didn't... Not in the... He didn't say in the interview. Oh, okay. Um, it was an interview overseas. I think it was for, like, Duma Key or one of his later books. Um... And some it was the same one somebody asked him, Do you wanna do would you ever want to direct again? And he, he was making he was talking about Maximum Overdrive and how much he's learned since then and how he would like to give it a shot because he thinks he could do a lot better job. That now it wouldn't be as much of a oh my god, I can do whatever I want, let's get A C D C that now he understands he has to tell the story with the camera. I wonder if his uh, opinion on the uh the Kubrick shining has changed at all. Well maybe because of the the new film, referencing it so much, right? That that's gotten my interest really, uh, really peaked because I mean that's like a, a sequel to both the Kubrick movie and the book, right? It's kind of cool. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, I don't think that, has that ever been done before. I don't think that's ever been been done before where there's been a sequel that's being faithful or trying but, its best to be faithful should, to two different. This movie feel bigger than it feels. This movie? Wait, wait, hold up. Doctor Do- Sleep. Okay. I don't know. It feels pretty big right now. Does it? Yeah, dude. Like recreating the fucking no, no. To us, shining? it does. You're, I think you're talking about marketing wise and and out. I in mean, the like world. it's you know sequel to The Shining. Oh, and nobody's talking about it. I was kind of expecting them to ramp up their marketing. You know, when is it? Like in October. Uh, it comes out sometime in like uh, November. Mm. I want to watch this motherfucker on Halloween. What are we doing in November? Uh, the noir Sleep. films. Is that one a noir, Brian? No. We're going to have to do a Could bonus be. episode that month. Yeah, we may have to do a bonus. It means i got to read Dr. Sleep. Damn it. First half is awesome. Better start now. Damn, what, what, are, you, what are you, over here quoting It Chapter 2 over here? <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, like, I mean, I know a lot of people that liked it all the way through. For me, um, it starts off great, but there's a certain moment where the bad guys become not scary. Really? They're They're... Stephen King's never had that problem. They're though. the exact same bad guys, except they don't transfer into cats, as in sleepwalkers. They're soul vampires. Really? And they feed off of like virgin souls. No, like if God damn, bro, that just kind of kids that have the shining. Kind of killing my excitement. Oh, it, it for eats this. people with the shining. Well, it, it they eat that psychic eat energy. <laughs> but what? No, listen. But what makes it? 
creepy at first is that the more pain the person's in as they're dying, the more shine these people can eat. So like they torture them in these like ritualistic. So now it's like it, yeah, yeah. Instead of fear, they're just gonna like they're gonna solemn. I can smell until they super shine, and they're like, "I'm gonna eat your shine." Yeah, so there's some <laughs> well, really minute. creepy Shadow moments baby. where they you know like kidnapping people. Does and... the person with the shine die? Yeah. Once they well, they yeah they suck all their soul out until oh, they're they, dead. Okay, they suck. But everything they out. keep they try to keep them alive as long and, and as and scared and in pain as long as they can. So there's like at the beginning of the book, there's some moments that are like, man, that's tough. Like where they kidnap these little kids and it, it, there's some there's some scary stuff in there at the beginning. But then there's I I don't want to ruin the book for you, but there is a moment in the book where they go from being like, like what are these people gonna do to are you kidding me? Like they're t- if they have that, why are they? I don't. I don't understand anymore. Oh man! And then it just becomes sort of a, a cat and mouse chase, detective, supernatural. Oh, that sounds kind of cool. I mean, it's still, it stays super interesting. It ends at the Overlook Hotel. So it starts scary and then gets yeah. more into like the meat and potatoes kind of. Yeah. In the last half, all right, I can be down with that. All right. I mean, I know a lot of people say it's his best book recently really yeah i know two okay. people that think it's his best one since uh cell i really like cell i haven't seen that movie yet dude i'm kind of scared to watch it i don't don't oh really yeah don't. it's got a great cast man john cusack and uh yeah, samuel I, jackson I, that's where they spent Cell-phone the money vampires bro right <laughs> fuck that's where they spent the money just watch the trailer oh, and look at the CGI. Oh. Oh, that's terrible. No, that's disappointing. So, okay. Bonus bonus episode, Dr. Sleep, coming at you in November. Brian, we have strayed. Oh, we have strayed. Look, no, we're still talking Stephen King, all right? Stephen King B-sides, bro. Okay? That's true. Hey, it's all part of the plan. It's all part of the plan. <laughs> Nicely done, sir. <laughs> um, guys, uh... Man, if I have anything else, I really, I really don't know. What did we talk about? Score? Thought it was pretty good. The score was alright. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It served its purpose. It's kind of, it's kind of creepy, and nice. They, they, they use that Inya song quite a lot. Where? It's the, it's the song that opens the movie with, uh, oh, okay. like Mark Hamill. All right. It's the end credits. All right. They play it like anytime the sun is like longingly looking at like Tanya. <laughs> and then it cuts, and he's in his car. Tanya. Which happens like six times in the movie. Look at my cool car, Tanya. Me and my mom have a lot of money for some reason. It goes from a Trans Am to a Mustang. Fuck yeah. It's the power of my shine. The editor for this film is the uh, same guy that cut Trimmers. Nice. So Trimmers, a superior film. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I did want to give... I'll give the movie a, a huge, huge compliment. Going between the cats and the puppets, pretty good. The action was always really well carried through, and there was a couple moments where I had to like, um, I just had to pause because I was like, "What? The, how did they do that? Did they put a puppet on somebody and reverse the frame and pull it out?" Or, but they there's actually a couple moments where they, they get cats to like actually jump on people. Yeah, like for real, like, and you can tell like the cats like hit the person and they cut right there, and then they go to a puppet, but. That's still pretty impressive. Yeah. The cats are fucking great in this. Yeah, it did If carry... you like cats, it's a movie for you. I did get tired of the uh, the slash marks. <sighs> they were fucking everywhere, dude. Like the guy, the dad got dude. hit with the vase, and I swear to God, he had like cat scratches. 
the, the, after he got hit with the, the base. fucking scratch marks at, on at the beginning of the fucking logo, the weird hard cut between the prologue and into the like the little like the logo with yeah. the it's terrible. It's, it's kind of like it was like waiting to cut to you know cut to commercial and then come back. It's like it was set up for TV. Like you have your little cold open, cut to commercial, then you come back at that hard cut with the you know scratch. <laughs> Stephen King, you're right. It's terrible. You know what? The one before with the uh, the definition, that one was good. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, because it like it, it does the scratch and you get like the paper effect, like it ripped through paper and then oh, it, that's it right. catches yeah, on yeah, fire yeah. and then it goes into the scene. Why didn't they just do that again? Like shit, dude, give, give it to me. It twice. was super jarring and not good. It was a bad animation. I think it's funny. I remember seeing this movie when I was a teenager and having the same feeling of man, this, something's just not right. It's all this incest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, his mama, mom's hot, but damn, mama give it the best. Come on, you know mama, that. Mama knows what you need. I'm gonna play this uh, this music for you. I'm gonna dance you around this table, and then my, I'm gonna take you upstairs. You know, this song's called Sleepwalk, you. and we're called Sleepwalkers, so <laughs> it's kind of our theme song, Mama. <laughs> On the nose too much? Eh, you Why know, are I don't they know. called Sleepwalkers? I have no fucking idea, dude. That's not even explained, and it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, is there some dreaminess about it? Why can they make shit invisible or dim, as they call well, it in the movie? Yeah, you can go dim, but like, it, it, but it, it's more of a mirage type thing. It's like it's like you're a perceived like thing that they're like throwing out. But why do they have it? Like cats can't fucking do that. People but, can't do that. Well, like, sleepwalkers can apparently. Um, they're supposed to be a hybrid between like feline and human, right? Isn't that what they say in the definition? So why do cat scratches? Kill them if they're half cat. Man, yep. You ever been you ever been scratched by a cat? That shit hurts. It stings. Cat scratch fever, bro. bro. That's right. <laughs> um, I can't believe it took us uh, that long to bring that, uh, bring that up. <laughs> well, we'd have to come around to it eventually. Uh, guys, I have nothing. Yeah, I think we've uh, you know gotten to the bottom of this well. I can't wait to hear what you're gonna rate this. <laughs> How many Elkins are you giving us? I will give this movie seven Elkins out of ten. What the fuck, dude? What movie did you fucking watch? <laughs> what the fuck? Mostly because of um, my enjoyment of, of, of like watching this movie. Kind you of really liked face. the right. USA movies on Saturday when growing up, didn't you? I, it was it was my chance to branch out a little bit. This Alan Quartermain, Lost City of Gold. Um, I'm sure there are other things. Man, look, see, I, re- I respect all those films more, though, because this movie is like, if the movie had been, like, if the entire tone of it had been, like, when mom goes on her rampage. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, I could be on board for that. Like, you know, if we had that goof factor throughout the movie, but, man, it, it the beginning of this f- movie is, and the end, it's, like, two different films. Like, once you get to that graveyard. Just like from Dusk of Dawn, when you break out the vampire face, the whole fucking movie changes. Yeah. And well, that movie I liked. I, I would rather stay inside the gangster film, like the yeah. robber movie. Let's not go into the vampire. Can't be vampire. There. You know. And this one, I would rather have more rampaging mom. Like, let her shoot some more cop cars and have them explode. Sure, why not? You Which know? is fucking insane. Sure. That's what this fucking movie needed, dude. I was entertained <laughs> by insane. that. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. I give it yeah, a three. It really give it a should. three. Yeah, uh, three point five. Yeah, this is one of the worst movies we've covered on this podcast, man. Like <laughs> this is like Halloween four. Bad. I'm glad I didn't pick I, this. one. I feel like it. Yeah, I feel like it should have kept going in the direction it started. 
and the movie should have ended with the son and the daughter fighting rampaging mom. That would I would have enjoyed that. Yeah, I'm gonna I would go. I'm going four. And you know what? If he had done that, it also would have made the campiness make a little bit more sense and feel earned. Yeah, you know, it just seems like when they get when they go into when they become this cat thing, they get crazy like that. It just makes them fucking insane. I would have liked a little bit more information on the mythology of the cats. Like. Yeah, but dude, it doesn't really make them insane. Like I, I, I sympathize with the mom. Like, like her he, son's dying, dude. Like I, I, I get that. Even if like we spend more time with that than we do with the traumatized victim that almost got raped in the fucking woods. Why? <laughs> that makes no sense. You know, like if the cats are all gathering up and they're not worried about those cats because they know that they have to look for this one certain type of cat that is the leader of the cat, the Clovis cat. And then when he sees Clovis, <laughs> I can see that. Then like that, he freaks out and he's like trying to get to his mom to tell his mom that I saw the golden-eyed cat. I saw the one. Like you know, he can smell us. The dude, leader of the cat is coming, and like you know, build it up. A little dude, that's bit. so much better. <laughs> Just adding some more depth to it. Yeah, and like, dude, like the cats are like swarming them after two days. Like, how how do they ever get anywhere? Do they just like go from town to town after one day? Well, you know, just that's like kinda, she was like, oh, he's, like he's like, Mom, we've got to leave again already so soon. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Got to empty that that fucking bank account. You know, pull you out of the school, get your transcripts, fucking like, you know, sent over to the next town. It's insane. Yeah, it's this is kind oh, of disappointing oh, from Stephen King. Big, big, big thing that breaks the movie as well. They go into the graveyard. I forgot to bring this up. They go into the graveyard. She pulls out her fucking camera and she tar- starts taking pictures of him. How do film cameras work? When the image goes into the lens, it yeah. hits a mirror and then goes up to the eye piece. And then when the shutter opens, the mirror flips up, the shutter opens and then captures that image and the mirror flips back down. So you're saying that she would have seen his fucking crazy face in the mirror of the diopter of the camera when she pulled up her camera and she'd have been like, holy fuck, what the fuck is going on with your face? It broke the movie for me. <laughs> that's where it broke the movie. I was like, ah, that's not how cameras work. Also, those stills that Joe Dante and uh, John Landis were looking at they wouldn't be blurry. It would just be a cat person there. It would be a cat person there. So when they're doing, I guess, I guess they're doing like a dimming version. So they really look like cat people. So they're making themselves they're, look they're, like no, no, they're they're putting that out there. Humans, yeah, exactly. So why do they choose to do a in between stage? Yeah, right? that's that's what yeah, I'm saying. There, there's that weird like you know Whoville you know looking. I guess they lose concentration a little bit, and that's what happens. Because there, there is a moment. And the Lost Boys look. <laughs> yeah, well, there, there's a moment where like the the son does lose concentration, and his car goes from being the uh, the red uh, Mustang into the blue Trans Am. Right. Quit trying to make sense of yeah, it. We're I'm done. Not, with it. Yeah, 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 we're done. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I don't want to give the movie too much hard time. Like Mick Garris does, it's his second film. Like, what are you gonna do? This is better. I found it my to be film. enjoyable, and it, it it's not too long. It's good. Alice Creek. She fucking saves the movie. Come on. Yeah. Borg Queen. Oh, man. Borg Queen on fucking fire. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight. You've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. You want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's themoviecrew, and crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E at gmail.com. You guys can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Movie Crew Pod. How'd the poll come out? What poll? Didn't you put a poll for the next, the next movie? Oh, yeah, we did. Well, it's not done yet. 
Okay. It's still running, but Shit. the running man is like so far in the lead. So it looks like we're doing running man next week. It, it's looking that way. Okay, cool. Sorry so, to interrupt. I just needed to know. No, no, no. If you, that's, that's a good idea. We're throwing that out there. Uh, so if you go onto Facebook, we, we do have a poll. You can vote between uh, running man, lawnmower man, which episode we're going to do next. To wrap show. out this month. Yeah. yeah. And Benson, where can they follow you? You can follow me at J. Edward Benson. And Jared, where can audience follow you? You can find me on Instagram at CheckTheGate and on Twitter at Jared B. Callen. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. And we're going to be closing out the show tonight with a little bit of the soundtrack. We're going to be doing the Inya song, I think. Nice. Oh, yeah. Sleepwalk. You going to open with Sleepwalk? Or would you rather do that? You think, you think we should do that one for the close? I got to look up who fucking does that, man. Well, there was a thing about that. A lot of people think it was Richie Valens, but it wasn't. He died. Wait, I I, I have no idea what you're talking about. The the kid who did La Bamba, you know that song? Yeah. Yeah, anyways, he got the rights to Sleepwalk and was going to cut lyrics to it, but he died in that plane crash before he got a chance to do it. All right, guys, we're going to be closing out the show with a little bit of the soundtrack. We're going to be playing Sleepwalk from Santino and Johnny. Enjoy. Ow! Sorry. That was very loud. What's his other song? (laughs) Um, And I'm gonna be...
Somebody. My apologies. Are you talking about Travis Tritt? <laughs> One of these days I'm going to break these chains. <laughs> I'm putting that at the end of the show. Uh, no, you're not. Yeah, I am. I will never do it's another podcast. You never listen to the end of the show anyways. But I know to listen to this one. <laughs> I have scouts. Mm. Man.